Hi, welcome to Persevere to Excel podcast. Uh, this is Deo Muano. In the podcast today, we're going to be talking about student engagement in the virtual space. And um, there's a lot of moving parts that's happening and schools and districts are being so diligent in trying to find a way to uh, engage with their students. And uh, in this call, I'm going to talk really about, you know, the different moving parts regarding what actually engagement looks like um, within this environment because there's a lot of uncertainty and uh, it's really important to be considerate of all the students and uh, the challenges that they might have and they might face that will contribute into their ability to actually um, engage with their learning. So I got my caller calling in, so give me one second. Hello, is this Andrea? Hey, yes it is. Can you hear me? I can. All right, super, super. So we are live through my podcast setup here and thank you so much for calling in and I was just explaining to my listener that today we're going to talk about student engagement in a virtual space right because with all mm -hmm. the stuff that's happening with the coronavirus it's forced you know everybody to jump into virtual learning even if they weren't you know even if they were radio they're not ready for it so um knowing that mm -hmm. you and I we've had experience coaching students remotely um, i thought it'd be great to get some of my coaching friends on the call and you're available to jump on this call so thank you so much for um for your willingness to be on this uh podcast with me sure thing i'm excited so one of the things that i've been reflecting a lot on since this you know since this outbreak happened and the school started closing i've been really thinking about like okay, what is student engagement is actually going to look like? Because there's so many moving parts within what's happening now, you know, that, that will contribute to the students' abilities to actually show up, right? So mm -hmm. first of all, I just want to kind of maybe just break it up in a half, right, in terms of what the university students' experience is going to look like and what K-12 is going to look like. But for mm -hmm. me, I just thought about like a lot of you know, the, the different moving parts in students' lives that I used to coach on the phone uh, on a weekly basis and how much it contributed to, you know, their ability to show up or not. And now, like, you throw yeah. this on top of all the other stuff happening, right? People not being able to work, some people working from home. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to also um, figure out how we're going to keep our kids engaged or keep our students engaged with their schoolwork. So, I just right. thought about it. I'm like, man, if I was coaching right now, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, how would I like position myself to to support my students? So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm curious to know from your perspective, like, how do you think like, you know, the current stent where things are like, how do you meet students where they are so they can still engage with their learning? Right. I think um it, it, there's a lot of moving parts to the landscape right now because you have a, such a wide range of ages and therefore learning outcomes and, and material and content and all of that that you're having to kind of address. So one thing that comes up for me is um, aligning on what success looks like. What are the actual expectations that you're trying to achieve in this, you know, in this virtual learning space um, and, I would have to imagine it's got to be a little bit tempered, right? Because it's such a different, everyone's really out, out of their comfort zone, out of their regular schedules, out of their regular learning environment. And just, I think from a humanistic perspective, that getting knocked so far out of the routine, you know, now home is not just home, it's school. And what does that look like? And what kind of structure can you put in place to 
support that engagement. So I think it's almost just planning and aligning first on what do we actually have to accomplish? What are some of the structures that we can put in place to make that easier to move in and out of, I need to learn, I'm in school mode, and then I can be home, you know, home, home, and home mode. Um, so those are some of the first things that come up is, you know, just kind of getting a handle on what you're actually trying to achieve and then what are some of the supports and resources and structure to put in place just to get organized and create the space for learning. No, for sure. And, and from an institution standpoint, you just mentioned um, expectation. How, where does the expectation come from? You know, like, how do you even get to that point where you're like, all right, this is what the expectation is going to be as we move forward? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I would think it has to come from probably, a, I would expect it to be a collaboration with the the academic institutions that you're looking at. I mean, I have a, I have a five-year-old in kindergarten and he's in a private kindergarten. My sister has a kid in public kindergarten. That experience so far has been very different. Um, are you, you know, I'm not getting sent home with curriculum and things to do or, you know, worksheets and things, um, whereas she is. And um, my, my mom just sent us a link uh, for, you know, resources to create structure, you know, so everyone seems like the community is kind of pulling together to put, you know, you see companies that are, um, you know, used to servicing, you know, doing, uh, you know, technology and that might support, you know, virtual experiences kind of coming up um, to bad and pushing their content out there. And, um, and everyone's trying to pull together really quickly to figure out what is the expectation. So I think, it seems like we're in a phase right now of just answering that question. And I think it, it comes in part from, you know, that the academic institutions in terms of what are we able to deliver to people online? You know, what, what kind of content and um, structure and expectations can we execute virtually? Um, and then the other piece of the equation is the student and the, and this, you know, the support system around the student that, to accommodate because you also have people who are working from home or aren't being able to work. Um, and then also having to support their, their student, their, their child in whatever the, their school's asking them to do. Yeah. I wanted to kind of, um, piggyback on what you were saying. One of the things that I, it's been really encouraging to see, it's like, you know, the technology companies, the different businesses that have been able to say, hey, you can use our our platform for free. I know Zoom has done that. I know that I've been hearing that Comcast is going to do like 60 days of free internet to families that have children. So it's been really mm -hmm. cool to see that all these different entities that are coming alongside, um, you know, our nation as a whole and saying, hey, here's what we're going to be able to contribute part of our you know, on contribution to this and which is really, really encouraging that yeah. you know, the basic needs are to a certain level, right? It's being, mm -hmm. you know, people are willing to be flexible, but I do want to talk about the learner. You know, you and I, we spent, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I spent like three and a half years of coaching students. You spent a little bit more time than that. There's a lot of moving parts when people are learning virtually, um, I'm mm -hmm. curious to know from your from some of your experiences, um, what what have you seen help people stay grounded, right, in terms of mm -hmm. their ability to still engage in their learning? I know the circumstance that's happening right now is a little bit different, but you know, coaching yeah. 
students virtually, they have different moving parts in their life too that, that pulled them away, that kept them engaged. But I'm curious to know from your perspective, like what, what have you experienced that, you know, in terms of students staying engaged and still being able to um, participate? Yeah, I think, so, I mean, in my experience, the just having a little bit of that coaching space one-on-one with students, I think was really valuable. And however people could create that, whether that's just a reflective moment within themselves for a little strategic thinking and reflection or, or some type of, you know, other person coach connection, another student perhaps to actually just create the space to answer some of those questions. Um, so in my experience, just the process of reflection and having someone, um, or again, you could be your own own individual reflection to ask you, you know, why are you here? Why are you choosing to still stay engaged in this process? Because I think you still, you know, at the core, someone needs to be internally, you know, connected to why in the midst of all this other stuff I could be doing or need to be doing, am I going to carve out a little bit of time to keep this train moving forward? Um, so I think it's important to stay connected to the value of the education that you're pursuing, whatever that is um, for you. And I think it's important to kind of normalize the the human, um, the holistic kind of perspective of, you know, if I was coaching a student today, I'd go, how are you doing? Right, What's right. happening in your <laughs> world? First of all, you know, do you have kiddos or are you the the daughter uh, you know are your parents working from home right now you know are you worried about food or paying some bills have, have you connected to some of these social resources that have been pulled together and are available so it's, it's just like almost like basic needs there's a lot of stress you know there's a lot of stressors and it's great to see meeting them where they are the, huh? That's yeah what I'm hearing. exactly yes thank you that's good you know where are you today and what do you need? You know, because if you don't have some of those basic things figured out or you're nervous or scared and something's on your mind about X, Y, Z, it's going to be hard to also do this, this other stuff, you know, the academics. And, um, and so that would probably be where I start with people. And, and then from there asking, again, it's just the reflection question. So you've got some, you know, what does the academic piece look like? What do you need to achieve today or this week or by next week, you know, what are we actually trying to accomplish? Um, and making sure there's an understanding of that before you even go into the planning and thinking through where are you going to do the work? Is there a space at home? Is there, you know, um, and when, you know, when in your day can that happen? And everyone has a different process. It's for some people, they can be really fluid about it. Um, but some people need a lot of structure. Um, I know, you know, especially for, you know, younger kids are very used to your, and all of us really, but, you know, if you're very used to a structured schedule, um, you know, my, my son's home, it's not the same schedule and structure as school. Right. No, that's um, very true. So, what, you know, what kind of, you know, structure can you put back in? No, for sure. One of the things that I wanted to kind of... Um, go back to as you're explaining we used to do this thing i know you remember this when we used to coach we used to do this imaging thing where we would ask students uh where mm-hmm. most of the time if you're like oh how's your day doing you know people are more are, are more like linear oh this is happening that's happening so we used to do this technique where we would at we would do this imaging thing where we would say hey 
um, give us an image of where you are right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how do you feel? What do you what are you doing? And what that did, it definitely it took the students out of the, you know, the doing right. Whereas like mm -hmm. more operation, it would put them more into like their being, how they feel. So they would explain, hey, you know, I, I remember a student one time was like, you know, where I am right now, I feel like I'm in st I'm stuck in traffic and I'm moving very slowly. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not I'm not crazily angry because the traffic you know we're still moving but we're not moving as fast as i want to and in that imaging yeah. was like that imaging technique was i always found it like super helpful because it helped the students to get out of the doing and they allow them to kind of reflect from a 360 standpoint of where they are um another mm -hmm. thing that you said that i think it's really important is that you know to be able to normalize but not really normalize, but acknowledge kind of the, the where things are, right? Like, and I know it's mm -hmm. hard for uh, education institutions to, you know, because they're, they're they're not therapists, right? So it's like I'm not the advisors or coaches or teachers or counselor, whoever that that are doing the outreach currently. They're not. They don't have the means and the techniques and the 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 skills uh, to be able to address every issue that a student is facing. But it's mm -hmm. very important for students to know that, hey, you know. On the other end, they're also acknowledging the challenges that's currently occurring, that it's not just a transactional conversation around, hey, what is it going to take for you to engage with our learning, where there's other moving parts in their life that's impacting them. And when I was coaching a lot, I used to find that to be one of the best techniques to use because then it would just normalize the entire experience where they knew for sure mm -hmm. that, hey, we know that you're going through some tough time right now. And um, yeah. if you're still in this, if you still want to move forward in this, what is it going to take for you to um, to engage? And what does that engagement looks like? So, you know, the ownership is in the students to decide how they move forward. Another thing that you talked about is, is that parents dynamic, right? It's like mm -hmm. it, it takes learners such a long time to adjust to a new environment. Right. And, 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 mm -hmm. and, and the temporal of this new you know, you know, the case that we're we're experiencing that right now regarding, you know, people being at home and people trying to learn that, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where like I've been thinking a lot about it where I'm like, it's just going to it's going to take time and we just have to be patient with one another, you know, with with our children, right. with our colleague, with our classmates or whoever it is as we kind of sift through this. So how do you you know, how do we create that, you know, that, that, that space to be intentional around the idea of, hey, this is unknown territory and we're going to figure this out together. I'm curious to know right. from your perspective. Right. I would say the intentionality, just to pull the word that you use, that was coming up for me is be intentional about how you're navigating this space because you can normalize the challenge. And sometimes that's very powerful just to kind of you know, recognize and just name what's happening. This is hard. This is outside of the norm. And, you know, we're kind of working through some things. Um, and, but then you also have to, you can't just go, but this is hard. So I'm not doing anything. Exactly. Right. <laughs> These are crazy circumstances. So nothing's going to get done. You can normalize that and, you know, not, you know, in order to kind of move past the, any kind of negative impact of expectations, right? This is, this is a challenge. It's normal to feel that. Um, and you also want to keep learning. <laughs> so we're going to have to put some intentionality behind what that looks like. And I would say, I would say having a conversation with your family, you know, or the people, you know, the people that are influencing you, whatever your network is, right. um, you know, the people you're sharing space with, whatever that looks like, 
just sit down and talk it out, you know, and name it together to say, wow, what does this look like? You know, instead of kind of wandering through, hmm, I'm going to maybe just sit here and, and open my computer and see what happens. Or maybe that's not the best space to be doing that. Maybe it's not the best time. Um, what do you, one question that I like to ask with people is, what do you need to ask for mm. um, of yourself, of, you know, someone in your network? Um, because that can help. And, and the process of like, starting with the imagery can be really great because it helps people, as you said, articulate where they are. And from there, you can kind of identify themes or values or needs that are coming up. And then as you dig deeper into those, going into the, what's one thing you can, you know, what, what does meeting that need look like? Or what does answering that fear you know, uh, addressing that concern look like, and then you can kind of move your way back into the practical space of how are we actually going to do this? Wow. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, being able to call in. And I was like, I got friends out there that, you know, they're they're really amazing, you know, uh, learning coaches and they've had so much experience. It'd be great to get them on the call because, you know, everybody's trying to figure this out. So it's cool to to be able to um, allow other people to get an opportunity to share about what the experiences that they've had. And and, and the cool thing, I I just feel that like we're going to be better on the other side of this, no matter what. And it's just part, you know, it's part of human nature. We get, you know, there's there's part of our evolution. Sometimes we evolve ourselves, or sometimes outside factors forces us to evolve but i think as long as we um we we find that grounding space and we surround ourselves with you know the energy that we need to continue to move forward we're going to be okay no matter what well so i just want to say thank you so much andrea for calling in and being able to uh jump on on the podcast today sure happy to do it thank you so much thanks Well, thank you so much for listening to Persevere to Excel podcast today on coaching students and dealing with, you know, this coronavirus uh, impact as we uh, think about how we engage with our family, our, our co-workers, and, and what does it look like to still have a space where we can engage in our learning. Thank you. Persevere to Excel. You got it. Been a way that I've changed,